0: Welcome to Season 4 of The JAG Show. We're going to start with what I learned this year at Podcast Movement and how you can improve your show. And now, a look at what's trending in the podcast world and how it can help your show. It's The JAG Show Podcast. First thing you should know about is video. Your show needs to be on YouTube. According to Edison Research, 48% of the podcast audience has consumed a show on YouTube. So even if your show is audio only, put a graphic or an audiogram with a moving waveform up and upload that audio to YouTube. Don't forget, Google owns YouTube. How often have you Googled how to do something and you get a bunch of YouTube links in your search results? Wouldn't you want that to happen to someone who's Googling the content of your podcast? Okay, what about short form video? One of my big curiosities this year was around the world of TikTok, Instagram Reels, and now even YouTube Shorts. I'll admit I was guilty of posting short podcasts or podcast highlights on those platforms, but here's why that turns out to not be the best strategy. The goal of every social media platform is to keep users, you guessed it, on that platform. It's not gonna be easy to stop the scroll and get someone to switch apps. That bar, very high. So unless your highlight is absolute gold, and we'll get someone to want to hear more, consider a different approach. Shoot a quick video with your phone and talk about the episode. Make it less slick. Just make it real. Hey guys, wanted to tell you about a really great episode of the podcast we put out. Here's what happened. And for the love of all things holy, stop with the posts. and I was guilty of this too. New episode out now. Nobody cares. You've got three seconds to stop the scroll. That ain't gonna do it. So how do you grow your podcast? Well, The easiest ways are simply to fish where the fish are. That means other podcasts. If someone's already listening to another show on Apple or Spotify or wherever, it's much easier to get them over to your show. Two ways to do this are, one, a promo swap where you find a similar podcast and agree to promote each other, or two, what's known as a feed drop. You post an episode of someone else's podcast in your feed, and then they return the favor. It automatically provides your content to someone else's followers and vice versa. A couple words of caution here, though. Make sure it's a fair trade between shows with similar audience sizes. And also, don't do this too often. If your listeners are routinely getting content they didn't sign up for, they'll leave, and you won't get them back. So how do podcast listeners find shows? Well, back to Edison Research. Top method, recommendations from friends and family. Asking your listeners to share your show with folks who might like it proves far more effective than the cliched, subscribe and leave a review. Reviews are nice as social proof, but they don't help you with chart position or audience growth. Second most popular way behind recommendations that people find podcasts, internet search, mainly Google, of course. Now remember, Google can't search audio yet, but it can search text. So make sure you've got at least a good paragraph or two in your show description and in your podcast host and on YouTube. YouTube specifically, by the way, the number three way folks find shows and other social media comes in fourth. Finally, and this advice comes from James Cridland of Pod News. don't be afraid to advertise IRL in real life. It's very easy to post on social, but what about billboards, coffee shops, communities of people who share an interest with your podcast, or even just shaking hands and kissing babies? Podcasting is a one-to-one medium. Don't be afraid to promote your show that way. And don't be afraid to think outside the box either. For example, the very successful Call Her Daddy podcast had their listeners use the hashtag Daddy Gang in their dating app profiles. Because hey, if you both listen to the same podcast, maybe that's a similar interest and maybe you swipe right. One thing not to do, don't use the word podcast in the title of your show. Over 700,000 other shows do. That is not going to help you in search results. But don't be scared by the total number of podcasts out there. By some counts, there are now 4 million shows. But most of them died on the vine. According to Rob Walsh of Libsyn, only about 10% of those 4 million shows have both done more than 10 episodes and are still putting out content. So compare those 400,000 active shows to 51 million YouTube channels or 757 million blogs. Podcasting space is not as crowded as you might think. And if the growth of your show is slowed, evaluate the show itself. How can you make it better? Can you niche down more? Can you improve the audio quality or even the content? Don't be afraid to ask for feedback from friends, family, and especially listeners. Figure out how to make your show more shareable. Another great session I went to was presented by Jay Klaus, where he talked about using Twitter and email to grow your show. Twitter's algorithm tends to be more forgiving of posting links than the other social media apps, but my real takeaway here was about the email. It's very easy to grow and cultivate an email database with Aweber, MailChimp, whoever you want to use. And when you email out a new episode of your show, you are landing directly in someone's inbox, not hoping a social media algorithm is gonna show them your content. And even if you get a 25% open rate, which is industry standard, that is still better than hoping that Mr. Zuckerberg's bots like what they see and show it to other people. Have an email opt-in link on your website, promote that link everywhere you go, in all your bios. You might wanna also consider a lead magnet, like a white paper or something in your field that has some value. It's free to give away. All it's going to cost someone is their email address. And even if an email subscriber doesn't immediately listen to your show, you're staying top of mind for them, and there's a decent chance they'll come around. Eventually. All right. Do you have a branded podcast for your business? I work with many clients on this. If so, the key is to make the podcast about something interesting, and then find a way to tie in your brand secondarily. This session was moderated by Dave Beesing of Sound That Brands which is the company behind the very successful Inside Trader Joe's podcast. Not every brand has the diehard following of Trader Joe's, though. Those Peppermint JoJo's will be here before you know it. Dave posted a question to the group. If his family company made coolers, how could he do a branded podcast? After Shante Howell from ACAST told him that would be a terrible idea, she wasn't wrong, they did dig a little bit deeper. People's BS detectors are high. Don't sell me a cooler. But if you talk about camping trips league games, and more. Now you have some potentially compelling lifestyle stories. That's the way to go. Another interesting note from that session came from Andy Kelly from iHeartMedia. Uh, their company doesn't sell branded podcasts based on streams, downloads, or even their production costs. They sell ad buys and impressions. I assume that's some combination of radio, in-app, billboards, other stuff. They sell the impressions for the ad buys and cover all the production costs themselves. I was talking about this with Seth Ressler of Jacobs Media. We split a lift on the way back to the airport at DFW. And Seth made a really good point. iHeart may be the only media company big enough in the media landscape that can employ a strategy like this. I'll be interested to see what that means for the industry going forward. <sighs> okay, finally, the Ben Shapiro story. For those not familiar, Podcast Movement sold a sponsor booth to his company, The Daily Wire, for about thirty grand, according to Dave Jackson. The booth was upstairs, it was near the sessions, and giving away... Ironically, in hindsight, free popcorn. And Shapiro himself made an appearance and took some pictures with fans. For those who don't know, Shapiro has one of the top 10 podcasts around, but his conservative content is viewed by many on the left as hateful. The uproar on Twitter, from what I saw, was more pronounced than what was actually happening on the ground in Dallas. I actually had a friend who works in a DC newsroom ask me what was going on, and I told her no. There were no protests, nobody picketing outside. Uh, but there was a lot of online backlash, which caused podcast movement to tweet the following, which they've since deleted. There's no way around it. We agreed to sell The Daily Wire, a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting. The weight of that decision is now painfully clear. Shapiro was a co-founder. A drop-in, however unlikely, should have been considered a possibility. Many in our community are appalled, not just by this incident, but by our choice to make money from The Daily Wire in the first place. As Aaron Manke said, this was signed off on by a human. Yes. During event planning, the dangerous nature of the company's messaging was overlooked. Those of you who called this unacceptable are right. In nine wonderful years growing and celebrating this medium, podcast movement has made mistakes. The pain caused by this one will always stick with us. We promise that sponsors will be more carefully considered moving forward. Just to clarify, no, the Daily Wire representatives were scheduled to appear on panels, and Shapiro remained in the common space and did not have a badge. If you have questions, we're here to talk. Thank you for reading. We hope you'll continue to join us from here on out. I'm told there was internal disagreement on whether to send the tweet, and some PR experts I've talked to agree this is probably the worst way to handle the situation. Essentially, considering that podcast movement billed themselves as inclusive, they managed to piss off both sides. Folks on the left feel it's not inclusive to have a podcaster who espouses views that exclude large segments of the population. And folks on the right feel that it was wrong to exclude the sixth biggest podcaster in the world. So really, nobody wins. Again, I feel the online outrage was stronger than it was in person, although I'll admit to not having eyes and ears everywhere at the convention. Uh, This past Friday, Podcast Movement then tweeted, We're putting in place policies to guide our social media and events with inclusivity, diversity, and respect for all. It's a journey. We'll keep listening, keep growing together. Now, in the days since, Cumulus Media, who's the third largest radio owner in the country, and home to many conservative talk show hosts, announced they're pulling out a podcast movement going forward. So yes, this brouhaha has cost Podcast Movement a sponsor, but not from the side I expected, at least so far. And here's just a quick editor's note. Since this episode originally published on Thursday night, Friday morning, it was reported by All Access that Podcast Movement has apologized yet again, this time to Ben Shapiro and his team. Here's my take, and it's lukewarm at best. Podcast Movement is in a no-win situation here. What started as a small convention about a decade ago has now become the preeminent conference in the industry. They really need an experienced PR team, either external or internal, to navigate these difficult waters. Jared, Dan, and their team have worked tirelessly to put on an amazing event every year. Now, I understand the reasons for anger on both sides. I just hope the conference can move forward without this hanging over their heads. Next summer's event is in Denver, and I'm honestly quite looking forward to knocking another city off my travel bucket list. At Podcast Movement, I go, I network, I get to see people in person, and I always go home with a notebook full of ideas for my clients, my business, and of course for this show. With that in mind, you'll notice some tweaks to The Jag Show, now into Season 4 after a summer hiatus and a little bit of a retool. New artwork, new music, new voiceover, new format. I'm trying some different things, and I hope you'll enjoy. If you'd like to have new episodes emailed to you, you can sign up for my email list at jagindetroitcom slash subscribe. Later! The most popular ways to grow a podcast are recommendations of friends and family. So share this episode with someone you know. And for any questions you have about podcasts, find JAG online at jagindetroit.com.